to know Ian, you know, and everything about stuff. And but uh, he also encouraged me at the right time. We all enjoyed having a good time, and there were occasions that uh, some really good ribbing and everything went on. And uh, talking about, you know, just why does an old guy try to learn something like this or anything, you know? But we learned a lot, became friends, and I still stay in contact and everything. But uh, he was uh, just invaluable. And uh, a lot of the young people taking the classes, they were like, uh, you know, he would give them nicknames and things. Not all of them were complimentary in a way, but just kind of to, you know, it's about his life of work situation. I said, you know, if you can't take the heat here, you're not going to make it in the job field because there's going to be somebody out there that's going to gonna needle you and do things that you may not like, but you're going to have to get along with them if you're going to be able to stay on the jobs. Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 121. I'm your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is all about the construction industry and the many career opportunities available. If you're looking for a high growth profession with livable wages, you definitely want to tune into this episode. I have a special guest today. My guest grew up in Cobb County, Marietta. In fact, that's where I live right now, so very familiar with the area. My guest spent 40 years in construction and then decided to learn how to weld, which is a testimony that you can learn new skills no matter how long you've worked in a profession. My guest enjoys seeing the excitement in the eyes of a young person when they're learning a new trade. This is what drives him to do the work he does. And during his free time, he enjoys hiking to waterfalls with his wife, Virginia, and spending time with his grandkids. Please welcome Daryl Galloway, owner of Galloway Contract Services and Regional Director of Excel Strategies to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Daryl, how are you this evening? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Keith. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Now, I got to ask you, grandkids, how old are they? I love family, so I'm going to start right there. How old are your oh, grandkids? And how many do you have? We've got uh, the oldest is 13, and the youngest is uh, actually we have one on the way that'll come sometime next year, but that'll be our eighth. We had uh, one unfortunately pass away uh, earlier Sorry. this year. Uh, one month and uh, tragedy, but God saw us through all that. But uh, just just love our grandkids, love all our kids too. But have uh, four children: a boy, the oldest, and then three girls. And then we've got, uh, let me think, three three boys and three girls right now. And then we don't know what uh, we don't know what the this next one's going to be yet. But uh, we just hope that we don't have any of the issues that uh, happened with the the previous one, and uh, that uh, all goes well and. We'll be bouncing a baby on her knee before too long next year. That's awesome. Uh, you know, that motivates one to stay healthy and in shape and stay active, uh, Being having grandkids. It certainly does. They will help keep you uh, in shape or kill you trying, one of the two. <laughs> Do you have any special plans for the holidays? Will they be around or are they uh, Some of them will. Some okay. of them will. Uh, most of them live in the metro. Uh, we've got one, our middle daughter, uh, is living up in West Virginia right now, so that's quite a haul away, but it's a beautiful trip when we get a chance to visit with them. So, uh, you know, it's something we try to do as often as we can, but especially with gas prices up, it's not uh, not a cheap trip. Definitely. No, I understand. I understand. Well, Daryl, I got to ask you, you picked up a skill after 40 years of working in construction. That's very impressive. What was that experience like? 
It was exciting, a little bit frightening, because I mean, you're like, you know, am I am I sane doing this? But uh, just kind of, I'd been uh, basically uh, the vast majority of my career had been in uh, commercial uh, painting and uh, and coatings and a little bit of wall covering and things as a either an installer, project manager, estimator on for different companies. But ended up with a little bit of uh, time. I had uh, change in some clients and things that I was working with. And so I had some free time. And I think I was actually driving my wife a little bit crazy around the house. And she's like, uh, you've always talked about uh, your interest in welding. So I met a guy at a county function the other day that was uh, the lead welding instructor up at Chattahoochee Tech. Why don't you go talk to him? And so uh, I did and ended up enrolling. And it has just been one of the most fascinating and enjoyable things uh, that I've uh, gotten involved with and still get to paint it and do things after you finish uh, doing a project, but I just absolutely love it. It's uh, just exciting and something that continually find out uh, the more I work with it, I'm like, wow, I've got more to learn. I was able to uh, go to Fabtech since it was in Atlanta this year, and it it was almost like going into the Smithsonian Institute. You're like, I am not going to even come close to seeing everything that is here in the three days that this thing is going on, because it was just completely filled the World Congress Center and everything from just regular welding through robotics, and then they had the fabrication and just all kinds of uh, other technologies uh, that I hadn't even, some of them hadn't even heard of, but just, it was just mind-blowing to see all the possibilities of where you could take uh, uh, to start with welding and all the other ways it can be applied in the connected fields and everything that was there. It's just just uh, utterly amazing. And when it comes back in four years to Atlanta, I encourage everybody to go. And if you got a little bit of a budget, go to Chicago next year in, uh, in September and visit that because it's just unbelievable. And you get to meet so many just wonderful people in the industry and hear, hear their stories of how uh, they got started. And it's, it's just very inspiring. Definitely. I've got to ask you, is there an area that you specialize in that for welding? Because welding is so vast. There's so many different different types of welding you could do. Do you have an area that you specialize in? Uh, Most of what I do just on my own is a lot of railing, gates, fencing, things like that, kind of custom work. Uh, Got involved with a a friend of ours that wanted a a rail that uh, actually curved to the side. And uh, after I'd done a few to where I'd bent things straight down, and uh, thought, oh, that'll be no problem. Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> side bending was a major education for me. I, I need to go back and talk to a lot of my uh, I think you got uh, teachers. In, in, in type of welding I typically do is just uh, custom uh, railings, fences, gates, things like that. Got into one that I'm trying to finish up now that took way longer than I planned on it because it was involving side bending of metal. And I'm going to have to go back and apologize for not paying attention to some of my high school teachers and some math and some other stuff that I was like, I'll never use this in my life. Oh, heck yes, I am now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm letting a lot of the young people I'm working with now go, you better pay attention in school because whether they use it now, maybe 40 years down the road, it's going to come in handy trying to figure out some of these angles and some of the stuff that you're going to have to try to make to accomplish what you're trying to do. So uh, it's all taught for a reason. Yeah, I understand. I have children and they're teenagers, well, 14 and 12. And 
when you have to go over homework with them and you haven't done that for so many years, you're sitting there. I know exactly what you're saying because I've had to kick myself sometimes and go, oh man, this was a struggle. <laughs> so I understand that makes sense. Did you ever have a mentor or someone in your life who had a big influence on you as you were growing up and starting your career? My main mentor probably was my maternal grandfather. He was a carpenter by trade and was also a, a country pastor and just one of the quietest, nicest men, but just committed and just, you could always tell he was going to do things the right way. And he uh, just had a, uh, just his nature just, uh, just told me, you know, kind of helped me to see what being an adult was all about. Uh, of course, my father, but uh, he was, uh, my, my grandfather was a big influence in my life. And then I have to say, as far as welding and everything, my instructor, Jim Thomas uh, at Chat Tech, uh, he's, he's now uh, left Chat Tech and is working as a CWI for a company over close to the Alabama line. But uh, he's just uh, an awesome, awesome guy. Just it really encouraged me because I was going in just like, well, I'll see how far this goes. And I mean, he just he wouldn't let me. Uh, I mean, he ragged me to <laughs> to yeah. no end, you know, and everything about stuff. And but uh, he, he also encouraged me right at the right times. You know, he. he, he we all enjoyed having a good time, and there were occasions that uh, some really good ribbing and everything went on and uh, talking about, you know, just quite as an old guy, try to learn something like this or anything, you know. But we learned a lot, became friends, and I still stay in contact and everything. But uh, he was uh, just invaluable, and uh, a lot of the young people taking the classes, they were like, uh, you know, he would give them nicknames and things. Not all of them were complimentary in a way, but just kind of to... Uh, it, you know, it's about it's like a work situation. I said, you know, if you if you can't take the heat here, you're not going to make it in the, in the job field because I there's going to be somebody out there that's going to go to needle you and do things that you may not like, but you're going to have to get along with them if you're going to be able to stay on the job. So uh, it was, but uh, he was is a great friend and, and a great mentor, and I'll still call him up. Uh, in fact, is for that uh, side bend on that metal. I, I had to call him up a couple of times, and I'm like, I'm, I'm pulling my hair out, and he's like, I'll come over in just a minute, and then. He's like, you need to give me about half of the pay you get on this one for all the help I've given you or something. <laughs> but uh, he's always willing to help share his knowledge and uh, just, just a great friend. Yeah, I think it's so important these days because there's, I always say there's always somebody who's been where you're going. There's always somebody who's been there before who's done it. And it's just, I always feel like it's a shortcut to figuring out what to do when you have somebody who's actually been there and done it. There's just, there's no substitute for a book can't a book just can't do justice for what no, your friend can do right you. there's no book that could you're right that can show you how how to do it and, and some people are visual i know for myself i'm a visual learner if i see it i can learn it uh i don't know if that's how you learn but uh i think a lot of us learn that way you know show me how to do it i mean i can i can read a recipe and i can cook but uh in a lot of cases with uh construction and in the trades and everything uh, I found nothing better than hands-on. I mean, you know, it's uh, uh, from, you know, I watched uh, when I started in the trade and watched people using sprayers or, you know, whatever equipment and everything. And once you get it in your hand and you start seeing it either working right or not working right and you ask questions like, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, you have somebody come, you know, come along and either in welding, like sometimes when I'm helping folks, sometimes the only thing I do is just wrap my arms around them, you know, help them move the stick or, you know, teach them stuff. Or in some cases uh, when I was younger and it was the spray gun, 
they would help hold my hand and say, you know, this is how you move it. And, you know, is, you know let go of the trigger now and, and things. So uh, it was definitely hands on, made learning the trades easier for me as well. Definitely. Tell us about the Excel program, because this is something you're involved in. I know it's something you're very passionate about. Talk to us about the organization. I know it's a nonprofit. Yes, sir. It's uh, been, in, been in existence 10 years this year. We just celebrated a few weeks ago down in Savannah, founded in Savannah by Jay Thompson. And uh, Jay just really felt kind of a need to pay back for uh, what actually his stepfather did for him. He had, unfortunately, uh, he had a, a very bad experience with his birth father who ended up abandoning the family. And he said, didn't realize it at the time, but my mom did something unusual. And that was she made an excellent second choice. And um, this man came in, you know, gave me his last name. You know, as I grew up, he taught me how to do a good job cutting the yard, not to, you know, cut corners, not to slack off on anything, you know, wouldn't let me get away with, you know, just, you know, doing it half-hearted. And, uh, you know, at the right time, show them, you know, said, let's go open the checking account. Let's go get your learner's license. You know, you know you're know, you old enough now. This summer, you're going to work down at the sugar plant where I'm an engineer and you're going to bag sugar to earn a paycheck. You know, it's time for you to start earning some money. And, you know, just taught him how to become an adult. And uh, he didn't think much about it. Went to college and ended up going to uh, Liberty uh, in Virginia where he met his wife, but uh, worked in youth ministry for a number of years. And as he was working with these young people, he suddenly realized he's meeting a lot of kids like him, except for mom didn't make a good second choice or third choice. Or sometimes it was just they gave up and it was just single mom or single parent and whatever the case may be, working three jobs, just trying to keep them in food, clothes and shelter. And they were hardly able to spend any time with them. And he's suddenly like, oh, my gosh. You know, I didn't realize the value, you know, at the time. I mean, I appreciated it, but I didn't realize the value at the time of what having a man like that in my life meant and what these kids are, you know, missing. And so that's how Excel got started. And it's to work with primarily our target group is really 15 to 25. That's not written in stone, but it's to help them learn not only the hard skills, but the soft skills, how what we call how to get up, show up and speak up to be valuable on the job, to uh, manage their money, manage their time, manage their health, and manage their relationships so that they can be, you know, learn how to be a contributing adult, get beyond any, everybody goes through hardships. Some people go through some really severe hardships and everything. But one of the great things about this country is if you'll look at the opportunities that are around and you apply, there's probably somebody around and we're trying to be one of those to say, we'll give you a helping hand. It will help you through some, you know, some of these things, teach you how to, you know, fill out a resume, how to look somebody in the eye, you know, how to how to do a firm handshake and get them into the trades and onto a positive side of life to where they're they're a winner and, you know, and, and moving forward and able to start families and, you know, continue a positive cycle instead of uh, so many we see that seem to be stuck in a negative cycle. Yes. No, I love that. One of the things that I think schools are not doing, and even some parents are do, not doing, is the financial aspect. You talked about the financial management, and I was blessed that I had a dad that taught me that. But there are even people who are in middle-class backgrounds, and they're, first of all, the schools are not going to teach it, so I'm not even going to... That's just, We know that that's, that's a fact. And so I think it's important that you're doing that. That's great work, and... I also, one of the things that I've noticed, and I always stress this to young people, is that people are, there are a lot more people willing to help you now, especially when you're young, because everybody understands when you're just getting started, you don't know a lot. You're not, when you're young, a lot of people are willing to help you and give you advice because, you know, you're just getting started. 
And a lot of us don't always have opportunity to help young people. So when I see programs and people like yourself doing that, I really want to put a spotlight on it. So I, I really, really admire the work that you're doing with Excel Strategies. Thank you. Tell me something. Is there something, you know, when you're hiring, is there advice that you'd want to give young people who are, you know, because you're a contractor yourself, so I would imagine that you hire people. If you were giving advice to a young person looking to work for you, what advice would you give them to make a good impression, to show up and you know, to make a good impression to get employed? It's important to, I mean, if the job starts at 7.30, you get there to where, whether it's 7 o'clock or 7.15, but you're, you're ready to start working at the time the job starts. Again, when you talk to people, look at them straight in the eye, or if, you know, if you're having, if it's loud, you know, at least watch, you know, their mouth where you can understand what they're saying. You don't have to keep asking them to repeat. You know, that firm handshake is important and just the way you carry yourself not to be cocky, but, uh, you know, just uh, to have an assurance, you know, and, and to communicate. There's nothing wrong with if they talk to you about doing some things that you don't know how, let them know that you don't, you know, know how to do it, but, you know, ask questions. But the biggest thing is just, you know, if they're paying you, you know, show up, as we say, you know, get up where you're there on time, speak up, communicate with them, and, you know, do the best you can. And, uh, you know, most people, if they see talent, they're, they're going to, reward you for it. They're going to, you know, show appreciation. And as long as you're, you're a value to them, they're going to value you and treat you right. I agree. No, that's solid advice. I always want to make sure young people hear it straight from the source, from the people who are actually doing the hiring. I always, I always tell, especially our young folks, listen to people who've been where you're, where you're trying to go. Also, another thing too, I believe one of the challenges we're seeing particularly with the skilled trades, is parents and educators, I believe, make a difference in students pursuing careers in the skilled trades. How do we get to the parents to get them to support this career path? It's like the Titanic. It's slowly turning. But I think parents have bought into the narrative that, you know, for their child to be happy and successful, they've got to go to college and get a four-year degree or go beyond that. And I mean, when you look at the numbers, only 32% ever get a four-year degree. So I don't know why we're, you know, just trying to push everybody. Now, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with that 32%. And I mean, you could say maybe that should be higher. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to identify people who want to go to college and helping them. But when you're looking at statistically on the average 68% or not, why are we not encouraging other avenues and the trades, especially now? I mean, you know, so many folks back in when I was younger, they were like, well, you know, if you want to you know, be successful, you better be a doctor, a lawyer, or, you know, or, or a certain number of uh, careers, you know, and you had to go to college for it. But now they're finding, they're sitting there, they may have that job, but they're also sitting there with this massive amount of debt. They may be making a high salary, but they're this massive amount of debt. We're seeing people in the trades are making comparable salaries with no debt. And uh, they don't have that stress and that burden on them. And you know, I think the biggest thing with the parents is we've got to start working to help them understand that it's not a second tier, a lower class thing that somebody should be ashamed of. It's, it's just another way to make a living, and it's just as valuable. I mean, truthfully, the doctors, lawyers have to have somebody know how to construct the buildings they're working in. They, how to build the vehicles they're driving, how to, I mean, almost every aspect of everything you're doing every day uh, is involved. I mean, the truck driver has to drive, you know, to get the supplies to the place. Well, somebody had to build his trucks. I mean, it just, it keeps the ongoing cycle. I mean, there's just, the trades are everywhere you go. 
And, uh, you know, somebody had to, if it's shipped in, somebody had to unload it off of the ship and, and then put it onto a truck or a train to, you know, go somewhere. Somebody had to build the truck, somebody had to build the train, the boxcar, you know, just on and on and on. So the, we can't get by without the trades. And uh, we've, we've been kicking the can down the road for so long, just going, boy, something needs to be done. But I think we've hit critical mass now to where, uh, you know, it's, it's finally reached a lot of people's attention. Seems like nationally as well. But I know uh, locally we're hearing it more in the schools. And I'm hoping that the message is getting to the, the parents and the teachers. And actually, I hope the counselors. I didn't have a real good experience with uh, counselors in high school it was pretty much in 11th grade. Somebody just came into the classroom and goes, oh, today's your day to go talk to the counselor. I'm like, what's a counselor? I haven't, you know, that. <laughs> I, I wasn't really paying attention. I'd already kind of started falling in love. and My head was way somewhere else about everything, you know. And so, you know, I go in and he's looking as well. You know, you, your grades are slipping a little bit. And I'm like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of all this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting out. And he says, well, when you get out, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I haven't decided yet. And he says, well, it's better to decide soon. And that was it. I mean, you know, there was no, well, here's your possibilities. If you don't raise your grades up, you know, you're going to be, you know, limiting your options and things like that. There was, there was none of that. And, uh, you know, it would the counselors could probably help as well, but especially I think the parents need to realize that there's nothing wrong with not going to college if uh, their child does not feel led that way, and it's not no slide on them. It's not something to be ashamed or embarrassed of. That uh, it's a great career. And my grandfather, who I was mentioned, my mentor, he used to always ask people, "What's your calling?" He didn't ask them, "What's your job?" He said, "What's your calling?" And I think we need to get back to that because, you know, as, as the saying goes, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. That may not be totally true because some days there are things that are, that are hard work, but it's the satisfaction of doing what you love makes it easier and makes it a lot more tolerable than just trying to earn a paycheck. And then you end up hating having to go into work and every day's drudgery. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things I see in the trades. I see people who hate their job everywhere they go, you know, no matter what, but especially after a good day to where you can see what you've accomplished, just seeing the smile on people's faces as they're heading home, it's really cool to kind of see the satisfaction of like, we did a good job today, boys, you know, and, and, and ladies. I mean, you know, it's, it's not, back in my day when I was pretty uh, much young in, in the fields in, in the 80s, it was very rare to see a woman on the job site, but the opportunities for women now is just unbelievable. And actually certain types of welding, even uh, because they, I, I think women drink as much coffee as men, but apparently they, they can handle it better because their hands don't shake as much, they say, as the guys. And so a lot of TIG welding and things, they, they actually are looking for women who want to do that because they tend to do a better job because their hands are steadier. So, uh, you know, just there, there's so many options out there all the way around. I've, I've taken a long time to answer that one question about uh, parents, but I mean, I think if they could just realize, and, and, and truthfully, the technology that's used, and so it's not the same construction as maybe what they've seen in the past of just people, you know, swinging a hammer, swinging, you know, doing, it really is skilled labor now. It's, it's, yes. you, there's, there's so much technology involved, so much uh, knowledge that is necessary to do the job right there's nothing to be ashamed of there. It's not because you were not, didn't have the intelligence to do something more. It's that you take your intelligence and you're actually putting it in to build something and advance uh, a lot of allowing people to make a living, whether 
it's the doctor, lawyer, whatever. I mean, you're, you're a critical part in the in the chain of everything. Yeah. Also, I'll tell you, with construction, there's so many different careers in construction. There's also a strong need for the ability to do math, attention to detail. So, you know, you have to be somebody who's smart. Now, I've also interviewed a lot of people in the skill trades, and I've they're always intelligent. I've never seen them any different. And I'm obviously, I'm an open-minded person. I just I take people as they are, but I've never seen anything that tells me this person isn't any more intelligent than a college-educated person. I'm just listening to them talk. And so if anything, they, they're more I'd say they're more detail oriented because they start talking about their process. Okay, when I go to work, I have to do this safety, this, this process. So it's amazing to see that, you know, and, and I think parents don't understand that. That's what I think is missing. And I also think they don't understand what people make. The salaries pay very well. They also are paying you while you're training. So you're getting started at a younger age. And so, you know, like you said, and that debt is, debt's horrible. I mean, it, it can cripple you if you, if you have all that student debt. So even if you make a lot of money that, you know, I always look at your education almost as, I look at it like as an investment. You know, if you spend so much money, you better make sure you're getting that money back in return. You know, you talked about, you know, not having a lot of women in the skilled trades. You know, there's not a lot of minority representation in, say, construction, and there's not a lot of women in construction. I feel like that's an untapped resource. You know, looking at your site, I did see a lot of minority representation. Uh, I don't know if you guys are very conscious about that, but um, I always like to just look at the numbers. I don't get emotional or, or anything. I just purely look at the numbers, and I know that the numbers are low. How do we change that? Because I think that can help in closing the skills gap. With Excel, we look for partners who uh, have a group of young people that can use our services. In a lot of cases, especially like in Savannah, it's, it's, I'm finding it's kind of, we're not changing things, but we're having to go about a little bit different here in, in North Georgia as opposed to how we had been doing it in Savannah to a certain degree. But once we are able to get into, I think, the city of Atlanta, and those areas will probably be more the same as how it's been in Savannah. But I mean, whether it's through churches or whether it's through boys and girls clubs or different areas, you know, they, they've got a group of young people that are can use our help. And so we partner with them and come in and uh, we use a mobile classroom so we can take the training to where they are instead of having to try to, you know, are they going to show up today or not? We go we go to where they are and work with them in all different trades. Uh, we can do, you know, MEP. We can do automotive, uh, some automotive training. Uh, we've just started a virtual, um, well, it'll start first of the year. It was just uh, re revealed a few weeks ago, a virtual forklift operator uh, training thing to help with the ports, of course, down in Savannah, the dredging of the port and everything. They're already short, and they know once they get that finished and opened up, there's going to be a, a higher demand than what there is already for forklift operators and things. So it's just identifying where they are, and in a lot of cases, just getting the information out. And it's, it's good to start as early as possible, which there's a lot of groups now that are realizing we need to start uh, kind of just exposing young people to the trades, even in elementary school, which actually, you know, we did things and again, I'm old as dirt, but I mean, when I went to school, there was always some construction time, things where you use different 
little tools. It wasn't necessarily building something. Sometimes it was, but I mean, we were using our hands doing things. And from what I've understood, a lot of that stuff has been pulled away, even in elementary school. I know they've removed shop class from most of your your middle schools. It was junior high back in my day, but I I wouldn't have made it if it hadn't been some of these little breaks and things to not just be sitting, trying to sit still in the class. And uh, I know uh, we homeschooled our our kids, but a couple of them, they wouldn't have made it if they had to sit still in in a classroom all day long. They had to have some activities and things to help them burn up some energy, and, and they did great. I mean, I've got a neuropsychologist. I've got a, a pharmacist, a PhD. I've got uh, one that's uh, up in middle management with E-Trade now, and then I've got the one that's uh, living up uh, kind of off the grid in West Virginia, but she's a certified NRA gun instructor. So, I mean, you know, all of them have been able to uh, take talents and, and things. So I'm, I'm happy with the way all of them have used uh, what the good Lord gave them, and, you know, they're, they're living their life and enjoying it. And, and everything. But um, yeah, I think, you know, just find organizations that are already working with some of these groups and just see how you can partner with them. And that that's, I mean, there's probably some other ways too, but that's kind of what we've been doing is just, you know, looking again, whether it's a church or a civic organization and, and we go into the schools. Uh, we work with public schools, private schools, alternative schools. In a lot of cases, the alternative schools kind of our sweet spot because those have been kids that have kind of already kind of shown that the the typical school college track is not working for them and so that we can kind of step in and and help expose them to the trades and we're seeing a lot of uh, good response there. I agree. And you know, a lot of young people don't like sitting still in the classroom. When I grew up, I didn't like to sit still. I had to move around. And so I can agree with that. My kids are pretty active too, and they like to move around. I think that's just any normal kid. I mean, if you're, you know, God bless the ones that can just sit and just focus that that's, that's their, that's their gift. Most kids just need to be able to move around. And so I do like the fact that you guys are pushing for starting at exposing kids at the elementary level, because once that passion and that seed is planted, it carries on as they get older. So at the end of the day, it's just them knowing that this is an option. And I also think that young people who are finishing school are becoming more conscious of, wow, do I really want to take on that much debt? I think this younger generation is getting a little bit more conscious about that because they're looking at, you know, wow, 300,000, 250, 300,000, that's a everybody's parents aren't paying that bill. So when, you know, it's different. I, you know, I went to college, but when I had to pay for my grad school, my attitude about the education is very different <laughs> when it's coming out of your own pocket. Definitely. You know, you're, you're like, you're, and I think some of these young people, I mean, I don't know everybody's situation, but I'm sure some of these young, everybody can't afford that. So I got to believe there's a percentage of kids who are on the hook for that education. They also said that enrollment is dropping. So these young people still need to make a living wage. So let's, we've got to do something. And the skill traits is a viable option for them. And so, and they start young. So they starting, like you said, they're starting at 18, 19, right off the bat, getting trained and getting paid. So there's a tremendous amount of value, but I am glad that you are exposing them at such a young age. Um, Let me ask you something. How can listeners support the work you're doing at Excel? Well, since we are a nonprofit, uh, finance is always, you know, on the forefront. So if they would like to uh, contribute, they can go to Excel today, X with the X like X-ray, X-C-E-L, today.com, and they can go to the donation link. Uh, But besides that, we're also, I mean, I can't 
train all the uh, the students myself. I uh, can't do all the different trades, so we're always looking for people who can help us mentor, who can help us teach skills. We go into, like I said, we, we generally, if we're, when we're going into a classroom setting at a school, we'll, we'll pull the trailer in generally every other week. We'll uh, do soft skills one week and then do the hard skills the next week, and that's the, they, they want to do the hard skills, but so it's like sit here and you do this part and learn this, then you get to do the, the fun stuff next week. So you kind of the, the little carrot in, in front of the cart and everything. But we're, it's it takes uh, a lot of materials to uh, be so if they, you know, somebody's got a lumber yard or has some metal and things that, you know, that maybe they would be willing to donate to us, uh, you know, that works. Currently up here in North Georgia, I'm in need of a three-quarter ton truck to pull our trailer around because my little Nissan will not do it. So I'm having to borrow a truck whenever I'm needing to use the trailer so if anybody has a three-quarter ton truck that they would like to uh, donate uh, then that that would be uh, an immediate need and a great blessing to us but uh, if I uh, you know uh, whatever somebody feels led to do but um, you know feel free to they can also email me for any of these things I mentioned besides the uh, donation at Daryl d-a-r-r-e-l-l at exceltoday.com and you know say hey how can I help out and we'll be glad to meet with them and talk to them we do uh, we have to do our due diligence we do you know, background checks and everything just to make sure we're not exposing young people to people who uh, they shouldn't be uh, be exposed to. But, uh, yes. you know, we uh, we are always looking for people to help us do the mentoring and, and, and teach the skills and things and uh, help us work with the young folks. So uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways that they can uh, get involved with us and help us out. Oh, no, that's great. I appreciate that. We'll also make sure to uh, put that in the notes when we promote the episode to let people know. Tell me, what's your vision for your organization? Well, of course, we've been in South Georgia for 10 years. Uh, We've been down in South uh, Palm Beach County, Florida for four years. I just started here in North Georgia. So uh, I'll kind of, I know, Jay, we're we're looking to expand all across Georgia. I'm I'm looking to start arcing across from, I'm in Paulding County now, and I'm looking to go all the way across Metro, get down into Atlanta and head north uh, just as as we're allowed to grow. So my kind of my five-year plan is to kind of have most of North Georgia at least uh, touched. You know, I don't know if we'll be able to have permanent presence there yet, but to be touching all the all the counties um, that we can in, in North Georgia and see uh, young people really having a positive pathway as they're leaving high school to see them getting getting a positive you know thing instead of just saying eh, I don't know what I'm going to do I don't want to do college and kind of floundering around for a bit to just as they're leaving high school once they graduate or even sometimes before they graduate they're already working and, and they know where they're wanting to go and uh, you know have have that uh, positive mindset and um, you know just already have that that pathway. Uh, plotted out for him. I go back to uh, my oldest daughter's the pharmacist, and uh, she came to us uh, at, a, at a fairly young age when she was 13, and she said, I've been looking around, and I think I want to be a pharmacist. And so uh, we're like, hmm. And my mind's going, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> I I do it. it was not uh, a low-cost degree for pharmacy. and But we had a friend here in the county that ran a pharmacy, and so we went and talked to him, and he said, uh, when she gets to be 15, said, uh, get her to come in and said, I'll, I'll show her all the ropes, and said, she can uh, uh, work here, and said, uh, she'll know in a short period of time if that's something that she really wants to do, and she just absolutely loved it. And so uh, she went to Mercer, got a partial uh, scholarship, 
up. She still had some debt more than I would have been comfortable with, but she's been able to pay it all off now because of uh, working in pharmacy. And she's got two kids and, uh, you know, a husband and everything who's uh, got a drywall company and they're they're living the dream and uh, she's uh, kind of just uh, doing part time, keeping her license uh, active and everything. But with that, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I want to see these young people that you know they they you know come up with a dream and we help them you know hone that in to focus it. You know, to, is it going to be to trade school? Is it going to be to an apprenticeship program? Is it going to be going straight to work for uh, this company that's going to train you? But kind of help you know, focus them on, you know, and have a positive mindset uh, that this is, you know, how I'm moving forward and this is what I'm going to do. And uh, just see, you know, just seeing the stories and, 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 the, and the satisfaction is just what I want to, you know, see. And then ultimately, I want to see them come back and say, I'm ready to start mentoring the next generation. Because that's where I want to. I want to. I want to see them roll back in and start. Uh, you know, because I mean, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. I want. I want to see them take up the uh, torch and, and carry it on and start saying, "I want to." I want to start mentoring the next generation that's going to come up after me, so that we can kind of not not get in this situation again as we're digging our way out. There's going to be folks coming behind that's going to continue to push the trades and and a positive attitude and teach these uh, young people how to move forward and be uh, adults and and winners in life. And it's such a great feeling. Like I, I've been blessed to help others and I've actually mentored young people and I've actually, I was involved in junior achievement program. And I find when you go into the classroom, you forget about everything when you're around young people. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I find that when I'm in the classroom and I'm around young people, whether it was when my kids were in elementary school and I'd go and I'd read, I'd forget about everything. I just, your soul, when you're around children, there's something that I'm sure, you know, your grandfather, but there's something that you just forget. Everything else just doesn't seem important anymore. It's a great feeling. So I would imagine for, I don't know, I'd imagine for other folks who have the opportunity to mentor and teach. And I don't know, I think it's either in you or it's not. And so I, I hope that these young people that you're helping will actually take up that mantle and pay it forward. I believe they will because of the positive experience they've had with your organization and the mentors that you've put in front of them. So, well, Daryl, thank you so much for being a guest on the skill stadium podcast. Well, thank I you want for to the wish invite. You, my pleasure. I want to wish you continued success. Let's stay in touch. And if there's anything I can do to help, please don't hesitate to ask. Will do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to skill stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.